On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we'll talk to Catherine Dyer, who plays the lethal agent Connie Frazier on Stranger Things. And comedian Mark Adam Smith and I give our knee-jerk reaction to the latest from Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange. Now, straight from the Department of Energy in Hawkins, Indiana, this is 1.21 Gigawatts! Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts, episode number 10 for November 2016. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This podcast is meant to shine a spotlight on the aspects of geek pop culture that I think are cool and noteworthy and should be celebrated. I'm referring to movies, TV, comics, games, theme parks, and more. If all that sounds good to you, you are in the right place. And I intend to do that not only by bringing you interviews with the creators of said nerdly awesomeness, but also with a series of rotating segments and features that take a deep dive into a specific geeky topic. The 14th film from Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange was released on November 4th in the United States and was an immediate hit. As of this recording, roughly three and a half weeks after release, the film's worldwide gross is $600 million and climbing. The reviews have also been strong for the film, which stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Mads Mikkelsen, and Rachel McAdams, as indicated by the 90% fresh rating at Rotten Tomatoes. But did it pass the 1.21 Gigawatts test? Actor, comedian, improviser, director, and pop culture savant Mark Adam Smith and I soaked in the kaleidoscopic visuals of Doctor Strange and then discussed our spoiler-filled knee-jerk reactions. And we did so in a location almost as bizarre as the film's mirror dimension. Hey there, so Mark and I have just emerged from Doctor Strange, and to make things even stranger, we have found ourselves in the brand new recording studios of 1.21 Gigawatts, also known as the New Jersey Transit Waiting Room at Scenic Penn Station. Yes. Uh, transit hub of the Northeast Corridor and um, a purveyor of incredible smells yes. and sights. Yes. Yeah. We might get mystically called to Secaucus Junction, so don't let that stop the episode. <laughs> Keeping with the episode, Doctor Strange is, you know, he's going to go, if he goes anywhere, it's Secaucus Junction. That, that is that is true, uh, which is a, it's a, it's a nexus. It's a mystical <laughs> it's nexus a in, the, in the Garden yeah, State, little did ne- anyone know. It's a nexus. So the biggest challenge I think that Mark and I have faced is that during the credits even we have not we have not shown our cards no. to each other at all. No. We sat quietly. In any of the movies that have to do an origin story, I mean we've so, you know, we kind of are accustomed to what we have to expect. You know, yeah. we have, well, how did he or she get to be like this? So they always have to play to that. But I liked the what I liked about this movie was uh, uh, the cast, first of all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got some pretty terrific actors yeah, this in this. cast is killer. Who can, you know, work some stuff. You know, yes. like really, really good. I mean, you, you tell me you're going to have Mods Milkinson and Tilda Swinton in a movie. I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah, all right. It doesn't even matter what I don't what care about. what the movie's about. Yeah. I will go yeah. to see the... And then you add Benedict, Rachel McAdams, pretty good. Right. Uh, she would tell Edgy Four in And just like, okay... And it, what I, but you get the origin story. You, they never shied away from having like the good Marvel, like the little bit of the humor yep. and everything like that. It reminded me a little bit. It had as, 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 
aspects of the Matrix a little yes. bit. Yeah, yep, that's true. Also, the first Iron Man. Absolutely. When he's learning, oh, right. what is? Oh, I can't do. Oh, and then you see what he becomes at the little, the first, the teaser at the end of the movie when right. everything's happened and he has his not to give anything away, but when he has his little sit down meeting with one of the Avengers. <laughs> Wait, whoa, what? To tease the next thing <laughs> that he will return in, and he so by that time he is Doctor Strange. Yeah. The yeah. journey was him coming solidly within becoming that Doctor Strange, the egotistical surgeon, yeah. to Doctor Strange, the master of the mystical arts in the other worlds. Right. And I thought the journey was good. It never slowed for me. Uh, uh, the, the special effects, of course, were stellar. Yeah, the really special good. effects are off the charts. Oh. And, and that's, I think, what everyone is saying. Uh, you know, if you read any reviews or tweets or whatever about this thing, some people... You know, they some people love yeah. the story and cast. Some people are lukewarm to it or whatever. Right. But pretty universally, everyone is saying, "Okay, yeah. yes, you've seen the trailers and you think, oh yeah, it's like it's like Inception. Like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. no, no. It it's starts with Inception, Inception and, and then, then will continue to melt your yeah, brain. It goes from into that somewhere point. else and yeah. and just set things up. I mean, this is what Marvel does. It's like here's the introduction of the character, mm-hmm. and now he's going to be back in his own movie but in other movies as well helping you know because if you create this world I mean it's not only and what the character of Wong says with that little tease there says well the Avengers protect this world but then there's uh, stuff from the outside world that nobody knows about which is where you need to bring if you're going to bring in more of that outside world and find a way to get the Guardians of the Galaxy in and everything you need Doctor Strange as the conduit yeah. Strange is going to be the one who's going to be able to merge. He's really like the linchpin there because there's no real other way to merge the worlds. I mean, Thor can do it because of Asgard, but still, sure. you need... And, oh, here's our way in. Yeah, It's through bringing out this opening up of portals and time passes, and here they come in yeah. for whatever the big giant end-all Marvel movie is right. where they start, where this is it. We're putting right. all of it on there, you know, and, I'm, and everyone's in it. And a bunch of people are going to die because we're going to reboot every other thing, but some people will live, and then we'll have a whole <laughs> like, thing. You've seen the future. What's I'm happening, looking, That's what I'm seeing in the future. Crystal ball time. Right. The only one that will be left alive will be Hawkeye. The oh, one guy who sure. should die <laughs> first. Oh, Renner. Oh, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> he's the one left. Did you he's see there's even, like, news stories in the press yeah. where he's, like, doing the rounds for whatever movie yeah. he's in right now? He's like, I don't know. I hear it's going to be pretty good for Hawkeye, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, man. Okay. Good for no, you. but I liked it a lot, and I thought that, you know, it got me. I was interested, like, yeah. the whole way, and, like, what's going on? Oh, and what the future is, and what's strange. I mean, I've always loved that character mm-hmm. going way back because it was such a bizarre off the like normal character you know what I mean Doctor yeah. Strange is yeah, ab- different ab- absolutely he was always a little strange yeah what? and I do remember because you and I recently walked around Comic Con New York Comic Con together and correct me if I'm wrong but you got like a, a print or something yeah I got right? a print Some it was Doctor the only Strange thing I really wanted thing. was a Doctor Strange like print because I always liked Doctor Strange that's why you're standing here that's why right I'm standing now. here right now that's why we the had the idea Midtown Direct yes. announcement um Let's talk a little bit more about the cast specifically. Yes. Um, so, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yes. pretty freaking great. Yeah. Um, and I would say because as you as you pointed out, mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a lot of similarities between this and the first Iron Man, yes. like super arrogant, you know, mm-hmm. dude who's at the height of his career, yep. who's laid low yeah. and has to literally and figuratively rebuild himself mm-hmm. into whatever. Um, 
And yet I felt like it was different enough from Tony Stark that like I didn't find myself the whole movie hung up with like, oh, this is right. just like before. Right. This is just like Iron Man. Because mm-hmm. uh, it didn't really seem that no. way. There was just enough of him being arrogant and frankly he's a much bigger jerk than Tony right. ever was. Yeah. I mean, there's a point when he loses everyone close mm-hmm. to him and as an audience member, you're like, yep, I'd walk out too. Right. This guy's a, this guy's a jerk. He's right. just a jerk. And I think, to a certain extent, what they've done with, I mean, Tony Stark has always kept his, like, you yeah. know, the glint. Yes, like, yes. You know, what I'm you're s- not seeing is the is the face that Mark is making, yeah, which, which is, is totally the face appropriate. Of the Tony Stark like, of really? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. really? Really? With the, I'm going to, you know, the glint. But they've, he's gotten nicer over the course of time, sure. to a certain extent. I think Strange will not get nicer. Right. He will just channel this he's, arrogance into something different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's still yeah. going to be even at the end. I'm not, you know, when there was. I'm not, I don't want to give away anything to move people have a CJ. But I think he does go through a metamorphosis. But that core is like, oh, I'm still better at what I do than anyone else. So now yeah. he's become the primo. Yeah. Let's say sorcerer. Right. It's still the same guy who was the number one surgeon. Sure. It's, that hasn't changed, and, and now he's just channeling it, which I think will be good for a future movie because he'll eventually have to keep getting a comeuppance to a yeah. certain extent. You know, uh, the and, uh, so I liked it. I, I mean, that that part of it I like, and I like how he can get incorporated into uh, other things. I did have to say though, I enjoy in the beginning of the movie, uh, before you know, when when he's going to the uh, I guess the, the lecture. It was sort of Cumberbatch's James Bond audition. Did you notice that? <laughs> he's got the tuxedo. Yeah. He's in the special car. He's yeah. playing with a phone. I was like, if he wanted to like take, he's the, got a collection of watches yes, that each individually yes, spin. They spin in a thing. If he wanted to like, if Daniel Craig were like out as Bond, he could like take that snippet and go, "Hello, yeah. here you go. Here's my audition. Here's reel. my audition. Here's my audition reel to be Bond because he was in the best tux and he looked so right. sharp and everything. And all he needed, you know, was you know, you know I don't know." Yeah. He'd be a lighter bond. That's a different show. This, that, this is that, where we do a show where, where Mark's, Mark Mark Smith thinks it's time for a lighter James Bond okay, in sure. the Roger Moore tradition. James Bond, the lighter side. The lighter. Of bond. We go to the lighter, fun Bond and, instead of the angry, grim Bond sure. that we have now. No yeah. offense, but I want a nice like Hiddleston, Cumberbatch. Somebody's oh, just a little bit more a little fun, bit more smirky, a little bit smirky. A little bit, you know, right. the fights are not as violent, and he's because he's and not he as buff. When he delivers the one-liners, it's yes. not with anger. Not with anger. It's with a little, little, little wink and a nod. A little, and a... He's got a touch of Gervais in it. Oh, the next a Bond. Touch that's of what Gervais. That's what that's what Mark wants. That's I the, am alone in this. That's the cologne I wear. But I a touch of that's Gervais. Gervais. It's very yeah. good. Um, let's talk about. Oh, here's something controversial. Let's talk about Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One, right. where, of course, everyone is freaking out. If you've read the comic book, you know that the Ancient One is, of course, a stereotypical uh, uh, ancient-looking elderly yes. Asian man because they're in, like, Tibet yes. or something. So they, they scrap Tibet. We're in Kathmandu in this. And everyone has talked endlessly about how and why that is, largely because you don't want to tick off the Chinese film right. market and the fact that they made $48 million in like China alone yeah. this last weekend is from a financial standpoint yeah. it's hard to make an argument against right. I gotta say at the end of the day and, and maybe they built goodwill by making the movie very diverse mm-hmm. overall but Tilda Swinton is so diverse in and of herself right. yes. like she's like an alien yes in, in the best possible way, and I realized that I found myself grinning every time she was on the screen right. and thought, 
I honestly don't care who else is in this movie mm-hmm. when she was on screen. Yeah, she has. She. I would watch an. I'm a huge fan of hers for many, many years. Yeah. Love movies that she's been in, and always because when you see her on screen, she has a presence that yeah. you watch. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the movie. I mean, any even you know, little or small movies that yeah. she's done, and she doesn't you know whatever. She's just like, huh, you know. Even in, I think about uh, Burn After Reading, which is not my most favorite. Cohen Brothers film by a long stretch of my, but she's in it and she's great. It's like, wow, it's Tilda Swinton, but she's like Michael Clayton, which she won the Academy Award for. Really, and but in this, there was just she played it like so perfect, like played that character perfectly because uh, it had to have a lack of emotion and it had to go. Oh, we're going and and. and in the end, you could tell that she saw something in him when he arrived and had a feeling that he was going to be, you know, it's kind of like, again, I said it's a little matrixing. He's right. the one. Yes, that's You see true. something, oh, this is the one. Yeah. And I think she saw it, which they paid off at the end in her end game yeah. with him when they had a little touching moment sort of there. Right. Which I think was like sort of saying, yep. you know, I'm ready. Here comes the... I'm passing the baton. I'm passing the baton. It's on you. I thought... Yeah, but it, the baton you know, of Agamotto. Right. But great, great. You know, even in small roles, Michael Stuhlberg, again, who's another guy, who's a terrific actor, you know, wonderful. Rachel McAdams playing, you know, the Natalie Portman part, I guess. <laughs> the very smart and attractive doctor who's who's got a relationship with somebody who's a superhero right. of some kind, right? She's I mean... Otherworldly, yes. sort of, you know... Sure. You know, but... But she was great because they're because they they went they didn't go on the cheap they went let's get really good acting yeah and, and really Marvel does actor. that all yeah. the time I mean that's sort of in the age that we live in now when right. thro- I don't know if there's such a thing as a throwaway blockbuster anymore because right. people see through it and yeah. and you know we were making snarky remarks back and forth during the during yes, the previews the beforehand previews. that. You can watch a lot of previews and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. uh huh, uh huh. Hold on, I don't want to drown out the soundtrack with the rolling of my eyes, right? But, but I'm going to, yeah. If for no other reason, because it just seems like, all right, cookie cutter, cookie cutter. And yep. there's a time that you could watch any of that stuff and be like, wow, that right. looks big but, and explodey. Yeah, but now you're like, you hire mm, people and you raise right. the bar and, and you get right. It's fine, and but you can tell when they put the effort in. Yep. You know, and the. And again, the thing about that has made the Marvel movies has been the casting. I mean, you look at a, yeah. I mean, you know, when they, you know, nobody was going to put Downey Jr. as no. a superhero movie. And now it's like and the now it's best like, huh? casting decision of the last Nobody's going to put Ruffalo as the Hulk. Right. I mean, granted, the first two, I mean, you know, Eric Bana and Edward Norton. Okay, I didn't fine. hate those movies. They're no, fine. not at all. But Ruffalo, oh, yes. now we got the point of this. Yep. Banner is the point of this. Yeah. When the Hulk thing is right. not as important right. as who... Banner is and his mindset. You know, Mods Wilkes is a terrific actor. Yes, terrific, absolutely. Terrific actor. So, I mean, people in America may know him just from Casino Royale, mm-hmm. from playing, you know, and that. But movies that he's made in his home country, you know, tons of them. And I've I've watched a few of them. He's the he's leading man. At he home. is. Yep. He's compelling and he's great. And it's like, okay, we have this role. It's going to be a villain. It's kind of the stereotypical villain, and we know what's going to happen, you know, and everything like that. But there's the F. He, he, you know, let's hire this guy. We could have got it to somebody else who could have been caricature yeah. and stereotyping. No, we got him. And you know, it makes a difference if for no other reason because they're not to get into it too much or spoil it. But there is a sequence where it is just the camera is just solidly on right. Mads' face yep. as he's laying out his worldview, mm-hmm. his his entire reasoning. Yep. And he's giving. He's telling. He's trying to bring him over by telling yeah. him what turns out to be the truth. What turns out to be the truth. The truth. And 
and, and he's just so compelling and he tears up and yeah. like there's tears just rolling down yeah. his eyes like he and, believes it's yeah. so hard right. and at that moment even though you're looking at him and there's like this crazy prosthetic mm-hmm. makeup on his face yep. that easily could be distracting then that, but yeah. his performance brings you right back right. into it and shows you and that's what the separates a movie like that yep. from what we saw in the previews Triple X The Return of Xander Cage which is all about okay we got the big star let's get the wise crack and everything like that <laughs> and then the, the action but it doesn't and that's not you know it's just sorry okay. Triple X maybe you'll be great maybe, maybe you'll be, be fantastic we don't, maybe, I don't know uh, but you know you're just gonna okay yeah we're doing so, yeah I get it that it's a, that it's a world of fantasy it's all a world of fantasy it's a superhero movie it's this that and we get it but Play, the people in it and the people who write it and do it should play it as real as possible. This is real. This is happening. Yep. Yep. And then you as the audience member immediately were like, okay, I, yeah, I know this is two hours of, you know, the world we live in has its own problems. It's not Thanos coming in is not the problem. <laughs> but in our superhero world, this is the big problem that's coming down the road at yeah. some point in time and how do they make it work with everything sure. and then you see these little things here and there and when they start to bring them on and you know and we've seen a little bit of Roland as Thanos just little tiny bits little bits but at some point and that's exciting because at some point oh that's going to pay off yeah we're going to get this in a big way yep. soon because yep. they didn't hire him just to do little bits Ooh. at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy or uh, uh, I forget you know we got something big coming with this yeah and 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 Loki's coming back. I mean, I, lo- I mean, there's a little teaser at the end of. There's two Doctor Strange, two and fake endings. Yeah. There's one two bonus scenes, which, right. like we said, with I won't give it away, but with him and another, let's Someone say else an that Avenger you've seen before. With him and an Avenger, sure. and they tease something that might be coming up in an upcoming film. Yeah. And then another one, which sort of furthers the Doctor Strange storyline right. along. Right. Not to mention the right. fact that even before we hit the credits, they sort of ended with, to your point ended with a scene that also ties Strange because for the most part Strange is a pretty much standalone movie yeah. like you don't necessarily need right. to be a big Marvel head to, yep. to watch this and get plenty out of it but if you are there are going to be two or three moments in the movie that you're going to go yeah, and exactly. you're going to grab like, the armrest with like holy that's going to we'll see that right that's it's just little bits that they're adding in just to say hey we're thinking of you. we know it's a standalone film because we have to get yeah. this on his own we have to make him something And but it, it's, it works and you want to see him come back you know I want to see you know how he's going to be you know in upcoming it was like I went up when I I was like, how, when I saw the cap, the last Captain in America movie, he's like, okay, how are they going to put Spider-Man? How's this going to work? Right. And then when he shows yes, up at the airport, it, it totally I'm works. like, oh. oh. I'm in. And he's in. And when he talks to him, <laughs> when Tony goes and talks to him, he's like, oh, he's in. And when, when, when Paul Rudd came back, you know, yes. as Ant-Man, he's like, yeah. oh, where Love did he, it. when they just opened it, there he is. Makes me so happy. It's like, I, cause, and, and also, being a fan of good actors, you want to see... What's the scene going to be like with Benedict Cumberbatch and Paul Rudd yeah. and Mark Ruffalo? What's that scene? Right, which is sort of a fascinating direction that they seem to right. be taking it in. I think even um, Kevin Feige has sort of yeah. insinuated that once they do the whole Infinity Stones thing, that the idea is not to go bigger than bigger and bigger. Right. It's sort of like, all right, that's the big thing we've been leading to, so right. maybe on the other side, maybe it's smaller. Maybe yeah. it's more intimate. Maybe it's these team-up movies like yeah. you're suggesting, which we already know that we're going to get in. Thor Ragnarok, which right. is basically like a Thor Hulk team up. Yeah, movie. exactly. And it's like I want to though 
because they're such good actors and then they're written well you want to see them play off each other and have some fun and yeah. like oh okay what's it? oh you know and it, it got me thinking because they're good I mean Cumberbatch can go in this crew easy yeah. I mean he's got enough sarcasm and enough to deal with any of these people and everything like yeah, that yeah that's true and you then, immediately want to see him bounce off of everyone else like what happens when you put this personnel yeah into the put mix? him into the room yeah put Strange into the room with a couple of these other guys gals and see what happens yeah say, oh oh okay you know so mm-hmm. and that, that's marvel that's what they do absolutely they're the big boys in the block for a reason because yep. they can make a movie like this to say hey we understand that this movie has to stand on its own it has to bring people into it, a complete story it's just not something that shoves everything you know yep. but it has a bigger picture and they yep. for the most part they do it pretty well and again the special effect and I, the 3D. Holy, that's true. We, uh, Mark and I saw it IMAX, IMAX 3D. Yeah. We went all in, and uh, I can't, aside from the fact that we were maybe a little close. We were close. I was a little bit scared. I was like, what? Okay. Three the preview is like, oh man. Yeah. Am I just? I'm maybe too old. Yeah. Maybe we're too old. I am. Yeah. But um, that was not so much an issue once it started. But yeah, I uh, I can't regret the fact that we uh, no. <laughs> we spent the money on that. Because, as all the other reviews are saying, um, that thing in 3D, you... Uh, right. Yeah. If you're, you're going to play uh, with other dimensions and mysticism and things and worlds and portals, 3D is the way to go. That is the and way to go. Go for it. Just go for it because it, it adds a little bit of like, oh, okay. You know, ah, I got it. Yeah. It was up there with the 3D films I've seen. Right. I enjoy quite a bit. So I think in review that means that uh, Mark and I both give it three crimson bands of satirax. Yes, that uh, translates in your human language yeah. as thumbs up. Thumbs up. Or ten stars or however many yes. stars we want to assign to this. Uh, four tesseracts. Four, t- <laughs> four, four out of four tesseracts. Those are pretty important. You need a couple of those. Well done. Six infinity stones, yes, everyone. Yes, Otherwise, I think that it really, on behalf of Mark and myself and the good people in New Jersey Transit who beg you to visit them on the Midtown Direct Line, making direct stops to Secaucus, to Newark Broad Street, to Maplewood, South Orange, Madison. And we're in the lovely New Jersey Transit Lounge uh, doing this uh, Rogue, so to speak, like Rogue One, the upcoming Star Wars movie. I got to plug it. But but we're in in the lounge here doing this while people are not looking at us at all. (laughs) Because they're New Yorkers. But they're New Yorkers, but we have a wonderful view of Krispy Kreme, Haagen-Dazs, Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell. I await your endorsement calls, everyone. I'm going to be the new colonel. Wonderful. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. It was wonderful. Make yours Marvel? Yes. Okay, me too. Me too. Got it. Got it. Bye. The cult of Stranger Things has returned, as if it ever went away, with the announcement of Season 2 casting and preliminary script readings. The sci-fi, horror, homage to all things wonderful about the 80s Netflix TV series has resulted in fan art, cosplay, and homemade t-shirts devoted to virtually every character that inhabits the town of Hawkins, Indiana. Special Agent Connie Frazier, the lethal enforcer of the diabolical Dr. Brenner, has certainly earned her place in fans' hearts. If you need someone to assume an alias and gather intel, you send Connie Frazier. If someone has seen too much, you send Connie Frazier. And if you need someone to serve as an enthusiastic ambassador for the hit series, you send the delightful Catherine Dyer, who brings Connie Frazier to chilling life. I had the pleasure of speaking with Catherine a couple weeks ago at the New Jersey Comic Expo. We talked about Stranger Things, her career, and her efforts to help actors in the Atlanta area. 
Keep in mind, there are some Stranger Things spoilers ahead. Consider yourself warned. So when we first meet Connie Frazier in the first episode of Stranger Things, she's a welcome sight. She's a pleasant woman from Child Services who's going to take care of everything. In regards to a mysterious child on the run, little did we know that take care of everything means she's going to take care of everything. The performer behind Connie Frazier is not so murdery, luckily, (laughs) but is equally as driven as a performer, TV producer, author, photographer, I can only assume a neurosurgeon and rock star in her spare time. She is Catherine Dyer. I'm so happy to welcome her to 1.21 Gigawatts. Hello, Catherine. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Do you need any surgery right now? Because I can absolutely uh, take I, care of you. I think I'm good. Uh, okay. I'm thanks. offering. So I've, I've got to tell you that uh, Stranger Things is currently being screened for the third time, maybe, in my house right now. Uh, and I'm sure that we're not the only ones. I know this is a relatively cliche question to ask, but did you guys ever have any sense during shooting that you were creating something relatively special, or was this just another, like, map? Where am I doing today? Where am I going today? This was just another job, and I, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, just another job. Sure. Every job is fantastic. This, um, I, I was cast for two episodes, and uh, the brothers, the Duffer brothers, mm-hmm. I prefer, because they, they were identical and I couldn't tell them apart, so I'd go up <laughs> and say, brothers, I have a question. Brothers Duffer. Um, yeah, brothers Duffer. Um, and then they wrote me into three more, which I was very happy nice. about. But no, I don't think any of us knew what was going to happen. It was when, for me, um, Stephen King tweeted about the show before it premiered. Really? Before, he said, he's, yeah. I saw that and went, oh, we're onto something here. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if there was some moment at some point when you all sort of communally realized, even after, after it had been released, although in this case it sounds like it had been pre-released, that you thought... Hmm, people seem to be paying attention to this. And after the first episode, uh, it premiered on the 15th of July. On the 16th, um, I was seeing t-shirts online. Connie Frazier for president. Yeah. Dang, I should have worn that one today. <laughs> Connie Frazier for president. I have seen a few of those, yeah, that are, that are really, they're pretty fantastic. When, when my son and I were talking about your character, we came to the conclusion that, uh, to be really nerdy about it, that she's sort of like the Boba Fett of Stranger Things, right? Her appearances are really sort of spare, but when she shows up on your doorstep, you know you're in trouble. She gets what she wants. She's one of the most lethal characters on the show. Um, and when compared to the other types of people that you've played... It is a lovely and delicious departure. Because if you look at me, yes. you don't put a gun in my hand. Not traditionally, no. No. So, and even when I was on, on set, um, and I, I, had, I had a two-hour gun, you know, weapons lesson before I went to shoot, and then on set I had another hour or so with their experts. And the gun experts, the, this woman was walking around going, Where, who's, who's playing Connie Fraser? And I'm standing right in front of her, and I said... Certainly, it's not this... She went, you? And I said, yep, give me that gun. Um, no, I normally play upscale um, moms in the, in the uh, CEOs. Uh, I just played White House Chief of Staff on Scorpion. Yeah. You know, put a suit on me. Sure, right. And I'm good to go. Yes. Hence, 
that headshot. Exactly, right. That woman's in yes. charge. The officious, right, yeah. some sort of government services. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Did the Duffer brothers give you any other information on her past? Like, did you do the actor's work and create a backstory for her, which... Because the more you think about it, the deeper you get, like, well, uh, she's clearly an assassin. She's a weapons expert. She has interrogation techniques or whatever. Um, what, uh, what, what did you come up with for her, then, if, if they did not? Um, they did not. So I did have to do my own, my own background, yes, and it, it is the actor's job. Um, that she was, she was rogue, started out with good intentions, but eventually, uh, for various reasons in her life, uh, I had her father also in the industry, if you will. So she came by it naturally and sort of went rogue. And I think she was utterly devoted to Brenner and would have done anything that he asked. In fact, I think she had a thing for him. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> yes, we uh, do. That, yes, that does make a lot of sense since it seems like there's never any like, I, we might have crossed a line this time, Dr. Brenner. Like, oh, no, no, no. She's drawing it, her own lines all over the place. I had my mission. Yes. And, and my mission was what, you right. know, what he wanted, and I and I was going to fulfill it and see it to the end without a hesitation. Right. There, there was a point where um, I did ask the the directors, uh, Matt and Ross. I said, "No, I'm coming to the door of the of the family's home. Um, am I myself now? Is this it? This is for real? I'm exposed." And he said, "Yes, you're not coming." as someone else, if you will. Uh, yeah. And you know, the, the hand knocking, I mean, every time you saw my hand knocking, it portended for something Indeed, indeed. And that's interesting dangerous. because that is sort of one of the few scenes that, in a weird way, after seeing her be super officious yeah. so, so regularly, it's kind of like the mom in the house that sort of stymies her, seems to get under her skin a little bit, like, oh, for crying out loud. It was, um, it was... Emotion. It was, for me, the actor, this woman is getting emotional. I'm not going to deal with this. I can't deal with this. I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. And I look up at Matthew. You need to step in here. And he was, he was right there with me. He was so wonderful. I'm out. Come in. And then he sat down in that scene. And he, he might have even taken her hand and said, you know, I he was so. very gentle yeah. He with certainly her. plays, yeah, plays the, the relative good cop role right. against, right? Because to Connie, it would necessarily occur ever to be no. like, we're dealing with human emotions now? I've heard no. of this. Things are cut and dry, black yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about uh, the Agent Connie Frazier for President and whatnot t-shirts. Have you seen Have you seen cosplay of people been dressing up like Connie? No, I wish I, w <laughs> I wish I could see that. But there were Halloween costumes. Yeah. I have made it yeah. in the world. You've arrived. I have arrived. <laughs> there were, ha and I'm a GIF. Oh yeah. So that probably more than a few. I mean, she lends herself some, to some beautiful little well, moments. Well, this. With the gun, that's the gift, and or, or and I'm also a meme. Someone wrote, um, uh, "Hey, hey, ISIS, meet Connie Fraser or something like that." <laughs> nice. And I think I have seen toys of spoiler alert, Connie's untimely end of just you know little figurines with with blood coming out. Oh, you know, they never guys. said I was dead. I mean, the brothers said, no. "We're not saying you're dead." <laughs> I said, yeah, but I don't look We're good. We're just showing. <laughs> I don't look very good down there with all yes. that goop. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I would love her to return. I'm not holding out hope. Neither for, am I. For poor Connie. But, Neither am I. Yeah, exactly. Neither am I. So, aside from Stranger Things, I'm fascinated by your professional path, or should I say paths in this case, because it seems like not only are you a successful performer, but of course a teacher and an entrepreneur, a documentary filmmaker and producer. Uh, it, it almost seems like you came to a fork in the road career-wise and said, yes, I'll take them all. Which I'm guessing is not necessarily the plan, but that's how it works sometimes to juggle that many hats. How, how did that happen? Um, I am an actor first. Mm-hmm. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I did the whole waiting on tables, tending bar in New York City for many, 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 many years <laughs> while doing a lot of theater. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, print work, commercials, and lived in L.A. for a while, came back to New York and, and had just had it. It was too frustrating. So I, I got a job at A&E and worked my way up from assistant to supervising producer for biography, yeah. which was That's amazing. sublime. Yeah. I mean, I was, we had a team of four women working on that show and in its heyday, and it was just wonderful. I, I so believed in the product that, sure. that we were producing. Absolutely. Um, and then things changed, and I got out of corporate. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and uh, left, Atla- left New York to move to Atlanta. Back, I was raised in Atlanta. Okay. From New York originally, raised in Atlanta, back to New York, L.A., uh, because I hadn't spent time with my father, my elderly father, for many years. Okay, we'll go to Atlanta, we'll do theater, we'll do print work and commercials. Sure. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be with Dad. Went down, was with my father, and then it exploded. And then yeah. Exploded down there. And I realized, okay, I am an actor. I'm an actor again. This is wonderful. So I've been very, very lucky. Timing was good. Yeah, absolutely. That is incredible. I feel like more and more of the excellent shows that you know I'm, I'm watching always end with that little the peach, peach logo in the end. Like, right. holy moly, That's everything right. is made down there. That's right. Um, tell me about Drama Inc. Drama Inc. was started. It was my husband's idea. He had the logo in his head before before we had the business, and he mentioned it to me many years ago. And I said, Jason, I'm not. I'm. I can't teach. I don't know. No, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also an actor. Right. And then he, he had owned a restaurant, and he got out of the restaurant. He left, sold his shares to the restaurant and said, let's do it. I said, all right, let's see what we can do. We pulled in two partners, who another married acting couple, friends of ours, and we opened our doors, and it's been we've been going, doing very well. It was for three years, ever That's since. Great. It's, we don't... We're not a school per se. We're a studio. We have we offer classes. You can sign up for any class that you want. We are four working actors. We believe in raising the bar for Atlanta because oftentimes people will see a film shooting on their street and think, "I can do this. I can do that." And they sign up for a class, usually a beginner class, and we talk about acting and the thought and the technique, and they they look at us a little. I'd like what it's not just standing here and saying lines (laughs) right Right. and then of course getting from seeing a movie on your street being shot to getting yourself on a set is a 
whole different ballgame. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of work. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, uh, I have an actor friend in the area down there who I don't think he's been to the studio yet, but he's well aware of the studio and hears great things about it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We, we believe in what we're doing, period, full stop, that's it. We're not in it for the money. Bills are getting paid. We're not, you know, making scads of cash. In fact, three of us are away this weekend. Two are shooting. I'm up here. So our one partner is um, holding down the fort. Oh, I see. On her own. So that, that happens frequently. But we have, we've got great teachers. We've got fantastic teachers. Oh, that's great. That, that help us. We are never going to say to someone, you're going to be a star. Yeah. You can do this. I mean, we say you can do this, but you're going to be a star and you're going to be famous and you're going to make money. We will never, ever say that. Yeah. We will never say, you can't do this. Right. Who am I to tell someone, if it's their dream to be an actor, that I'm going to say, you can't do this? Yeah. I mean, my husband was told at 19 uh, that he was terrible and that there are, this teacher said to her, She's still teaching in, in the city. Said to him, um, there are hot dog vendors on 6th Avenue who are better looking than you are. You have no business. Really? That's crazy. Really? I mean, to a 19-year-old kid, we're encouraging. We're all about a positive approach. This industry is difficult enough without a teacher yelling at you and humiliating you and making you cry. Yeah. That's yeah. just not going to happen right. in our studio. Plus, it's all difficult enough that... And, and the odds, let's face it, are, are stacked against you enough that if, if the big dream scenario doesn't take place, then the journey should at least be enjoyable. You're not going to walk away empty-handed like, oh, I'm not rich and famous. It was all not worth it. Like, no, 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 of course it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. And I learn something every single solitary time I'm on a set. To this day, I learn something, and I bring it into the classroom, yeah. and I share. All right, well, I want to cut you loose here uh, to the various oh centaurs that might yeah, be walking get, past. Get out of the way of all it's my fans. It's inevitable. They're coming. So if fans <laughs> want to follow your adventures or reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Where should they be looking? I'm at? on Twitter at the real Cat Dyer. Uh, Catherine Dyer fan page on Facebook. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Sure. All right, people you know. You yeah. heard it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It. Have a great two days. I hope that uh, it's I'm thrilled to be here. And this is all part of the journey. Yeah. I mean, the, the door has opened and I, I'm walking through. Let's yeah. see where this goes. Absolutely. It's a blast. Right on. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Catherine Dyer can next be seen in the film Megan Levy opposite Kate Mara, Bradley Whitford, and Tom Felton. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts. I'd love to hear what you think about this sonic adventure. What do you like? What deserves to be banished to the dark dimension? Leave me a message at the social media channels. What are those social media channels, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. You can like the 1.21 Gigawatts Facebook page, where you can follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news. On Twitter, I'm at 121Gigawatts, and come check out some pictures of my own geeky treasure trove and adventures at 1.21 underscore Gigawatts on Instagram. Don't forget that the 1.21 Gigawatts podcast is now available in the iTunes store. That means you can subscribe to this podcast and have future episodes delivered straight to the listening device of your choice. Unless you prefer 8-tracks, in which case I can't help you. Sorry. And if you enjoy the show, you can rate and review it on iTunes, which does help spread the word. And it's all free. 
As if all that weren't enough, I'm thrilled to announce that the 1.21 Gigawatts website is now live and looking really great thanks to the efforts of Heather Kern at Pop Shop Studio. It has photos, blog entries, every episode to date, newsletter sign-up information, and more. Get thee to www.121gigawatts.com and check it out. Thanks to all of you that have been listening from episode to episode and have taken the time to share your comments. It means more to me than you know. And big thanks to Mark Adam Smith for geeking out with me this episode about Doctor Strange. Speaking of thanks, huge gratitude to sound magician, composer, and my co-producer David Sisko. You are and remain the greatest audio revolutionary I know. Dear listener, if you enjoyed this free travel-sized chunk of Geekitude, please share it with a nerdy friend. You can follow, like, etc. all those social media accounts mentioned a few seconds ago and let people know that you're listening. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's nerd rock band H2Awesome with our radtastic theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 1.21 gigawatts, what every geek wants is what we got. From Doctor Who to Aqualad, we might think Luke and Leia's dead. Pop culture that is super rad, hosted by some guy named Brad. It'll rock you to your silent nylon socks. 1.21 freaking gigawatts! What we're trying to do here, Scott is to connect kids from all over the state and give them the support and encouragement to pursue careers in technology. We feel these are the kinds of kids that are going to make Indiana proud. I agree. Yes, completely. So, you know any kids you think might want to participate? Oh, I have a few in mind. <laughs>